Job chapter number 2, page 570. 570. When you found your place, let's all stand together. Amen. I want you to notice what is being said here. Again. As you read the Word of God, you don't ever want to miss how God chooses to start a chapter and what God's in fact saying again. Again simply means Job's done being through chapter 1. Again says, wow, is there more to come? Again. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. And he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. Verse number 8, if you are accustomed to marking your Bible, you ought to mark verse number 8. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself with all, and he sat down among the ashes. And his wife said unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. He said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? Shall we not receive evil? In all this, not, in all this did not Job sin with his lips. You're accustomed to marking your Bible. You ought to mark that last Phrase, and all this did not Job sin with his lips. With the help of God, I want to preach on the four sides or four voices in every trial. Heavenly Father, again, we so need you. Please take full control now. Help me to say every word that needs to be said. God, take every word that shouldn't be said from my memory. 
Lord, you use it mildly for your glory. Open the hearts of this people that they might hear what does say at the word of God. Amen and amen. Again. Wow. Wow. Again. Lord, I just lost all my livestock. Again. Lord, I just lost all my wealth. Again. I just buried all my children. I just buried all my children. After all this, again, have you ever felt that way? Someone has said, boy, if one more thing comes, I just don't know what I'm going to do. No doubt Job may have felt that way. It seems, beloved, when God wants to do something wonderful and great and use a man, it seems like God just puts him through the fire. When we open the curtain of this ancient book, we're introduced to the star of the book. Of course, the star being the Lord himself, But the main actor is Job, a man who had a heart for God. And don't miss this. God had a heart for him. The Lord was well pleased with this man called Job. I don't understand totally all of this scene, and I won't claim that I do. But one day, without notice, Satan came with the sons of God. And the Lord knew him immediately. And basically he said, Hey, Satan, what are you doing here? And Satan said, Well, I just wanted to come to report to you, Lord. I've been going up and down to and fro on the earth. Ain't nobody bothering me. I'm not moved or concerned about anybody on your earth. And the Lord said, Hast thou considered... My servant Job. Now I don't know about you, but when I read this, my first thought is, Lord, if it's okay with you, if you get in discussion with Satan, just keep my name out of it. Just leave me out of the discussion. I'm okay with that. If it's okay with you, Lord, if you want to get in this dialogue with Satan, just don't bring me up. I'm okay. But the Lord brought up Job and said, Hast thou considered my servant Job? He fears me and eschews evil. And he loves me, Satan. And Satan says, Well, yeah, but don't miss this. He don't love you without a reason. Praise God, that'll work. Hallelujah. Did you go break a plate? Amen. And we won't be using this plate in the in, 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 in fellowship hall any longer. Amen. And Job said, but, but uh, 
God said, yeah, said, uh, you, you, you got to hedge about him. So I come by where he lives. He's the most blessed man in, this, in the town. He's got, he's got ten great kids, and he's out there offering on the on altar in case one of them is sinned. Yeah, Lord, but you've got to hedge about him. And truth of the matter is, Lord, uh, you, you drop that hedge. Hey, 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 Lord, he'll curse you in your face. He'll curse you. And Lord said, I, I don't think so. He said, I'll drop the hedge. Now, let me just stop here and just share something with you. Nobody, not the Lord, not Satan, no one asked Job what he thought about all this. They didn't write him a letter and get a signed permission slip. He didn't get a text saying, would it be okay if we bring you in there? I want you to know, Job had no say-so about none of this. You say, that's not just. It is in the eyes of the Lord. It is in the eyes of the Lord. And so, all of a sudden, Lord moves him. And immediately, one after another, after another, after another, after another. I've been uh, thinking about this thought. One messenger come and says, Hey, Job, all your camels were, were, were taken, and I'm the only one that's left alive. Next one comes and says, All your donkeys were taken, Job. I'm the only one that's left alive. And it goes on and on. And there ain't but about a handful of them servants. Why they was chosen to be the only ones left alive is beyond me. But anyway, they come and they said, And finally, finally the news came. Said, Job, I, I don't even know how to begin to tell you this. But your sons and your daughters had all gotten together. And I want you to know the building collapsed and Job... All your children are gone. I remember going to Marion Hospital on a Saturday morning. And I remember walking in, and few of the family was there as a mom and dad with a nurse took them to went down the hall and we all stood there. And I remember, I still remember it today, the scream of that mother. The cry of that mother. I still remember it today. What would you do if tomorrow you got news that all of your children had been taken out at one time? It is in this context that we come to chapter number two. It's in this context that Satan comes again. Now, don't miss this. I think he's smiling. I think he's thrilled to no end that the Lord dropped the hedge about Job's life. I think he's thrilled that he shut up the testimony of Job's children. He wants to shut up yours too. I think he's thrilled that he stole and took everything that supposedly Job had. And again, he comes to him. 
Hey, Satan, what are you doing here? Well, I've just been going to and fro, and by the way, it ain't changed. Nothing you've got, God's bothering me. And the Lord again brings Job up in the discussion. And says, has thou considered my servant Job? He said, I want you to know, he fears me, he's done right. And by the way, Satan, just so you know that I know, even though you moved me to afflict him without a cause, he's still done right. Devil, you are a liar. Satan, you are a liar. He did not curse me to my face. He did not do it. Satan said, yeah, yeah, but, but Lord, let's get real now. Lord, let's get real. Skin for skin. You touch him. You touch his body. You afflict him. He'll curse you to your face. The Lord said, okay. Boy, if I, I thought so many times, boy, had Job known about this, he said, hey, Lord, just hunt somebody else to put in the oil illustration. Leave me out of your illustration. But you see, all of a sudden, the Lord said, okay. Hold it. Hold it, Satan. Don't you kill him. And so Satan leaves. And he brings balls from the sole of his foot to the top of his head. And it is in this story here then we get four sides or four voices to every temptation and every trial that you face. The first voice and the first side I see here is this. It's our side. I call this the response side. Can I share this? Job had no voice. And whether the trial was going to come or not. Now I hate to tell you this. But you don't have a voice whether the trial comes or not. There's some things you don't, you don't, you, you don't go to the counter and say, Listen, uh, if it's alright, I'd like a good help and a cancer, please. It don't happen. You don't go to the counter and say, Lord, I, I'd, I'd like a bad heart if you don't mind. That don't happen. You don't go to God and say, boy, I like a disease. You know, I've really been wanting a disease. And that don't happen. And the truth of the matter was, Job was not given a voice in the trial. Are you listening? You need to listen. You might need this tomorrow. His only condition, the only thing that Job was responsible for was How was he going to respond? See, that's the debate. Satan has lied. He's lying to some in our church right now. I mean, lying like a dog to them. He's telling them stuff just ain't true. Hey, Lord, he'll curse you to your face. The the devil's a liar. He's not going to curse him. But I want you to know, his only, his only thing, the debate here is, Satan says, he'll respond this way. And God says, 
No, he won't. No, he won't. Well, I praise God this morning. I praise God this morning for you that are here not listening to the devil and deciding, praise God, I'm going to obey God. I don't care what happens. I don't care what nobody else does. Hallelujah. I'm going to obey God no matter what. I'm going to obey God. Here was, here was our side. It's a response side. The Bible said, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. And don't miss this. And worshiped. Now, I, I please don't, please don't, don't be, don't, don't, don't boo me out now. Don't boo me out now. I, I, I don't mind a bit. It doesn't bother me when folks want to praise God, when they want to worship, if you want to hang from the chandeliers if you're not too heavy. If you want to just run the aisles, it doesn't bother me one bit. As long as you're not just doing that on top side. It bothers me when we worship God. Boy, I tell you how much I just love God. Please have been so good to me. Then the next week you walk in with your chin in your shorts because you've had a trial. I want you to know, bless God, hallelujah, show me your worship in the midst of your trial and I'll show you genuine worship. I'm talking about when you lift your hand and you're weeping and you're going through tears. You say, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to bless your name no matter else what happens. That's genuine worship. Our response side. Notice, first of all, Job was hurting. Don't miss this. And the Bible says he rent his mantle and shaved his head. A mantle being rent spoke of being separated. Literally, here's what Job felt like. Job felt like God had left him. Job felt like he had separated himself from his God. He felt like he was all alone. He felt like God had forsaken him. The shaving of the head speaks of this, a loss of identity. Here's what he's just saying. He's saying, I don't know where God's at, and I don't even know who I am. He don't have no understanding what's going on. I want you to know he ain't got no answers to know why's. He don't understand it. He don't make no sense. He, he feels like God's just, just left him and forsook him. And he said, I don't even know who I am anymore. Literally shaped his head. Spoke of his identity being gone. It's interesting. Job 2.12, when his friends come in, when they lifted up their eyes afar off, and knew him not. They didn't even recognize him for the man the last time they saw him. And knew him not. I visited a man. He's in a, he's in a trial of his life. And he said this. Ronnie's my witness. He said, I thought I could handle anything. He said, I thought I was man enough to handle anything. 
He said, now I realize I can't handle nothing. Is that not what he told us? By the way, let me help some of you. Boy, I appreciate what God's doing for him. made this statement just the other day. He said, you know, son, when you got something against somebody else, God won't hear you when you pray. Wow. They said, we had to do some, we had to get some things right because God, we got to have God hearing us pray. By the way, that's good, that's good theology. This morning, you got an all against the brother. God ain't going to hear you pray. So your prayers won't get nowhere. And God might put you in a place where you're hanging between death, heaven, and uh, uh, living and dying. And God might put you in a place where you need, you got to pray. Wow. Here, let's move on. Amen. I got sidetracked a little bit. He's hurting. Now, don't miss it. It's just natural to be hurting in a trial. It's part of the process. And, and, and we act, we try to act like, you know, it really doesn't hurt and everything's okay. But the truth was, Job was hurting. He was hurting. Could you imagine, imagine losing your children and your home and your health? And he searched his heart. It's not because of his sin. Job said, what have I done wrong? Well, I tell you, but God, if you'll show me, I'll make it right. And heavens were brass. God ain't saying a thing. And, and he's hurting. Hurting. Not only that, but Job was honest. Not honest with everybody else. Honest with himself. Oh, I want you to know, then Job arose and in his mantle, shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Listen to what he said. Naked came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job uh, sinned not nor charged God foolishly. A trial will drive, will do two, one of two things. Trials will drive you to God or they'll drive you away from God. The S-O-N, are you listening? The S-O-N melts wax, but the same S-O-N hardens clay. Did you hear me? The S-O-N, sun, melts wax, but hardens clay. Here's a man, he's honest. The trial will drive you from God. See, a trial's not the time for you to accuse God, quit serving, retreat, give up. Boy, hey, matter of fact, you may feel like it, but there's never a time to give up. Boy, when you're in the midst of a trial, it's not the time to quit serving. It's not the, it's not the time to quit your Sunday school, to quit the choir, to quit the, the house of God. It's not time to quit. It's not time to quit. In the midst of a trial. Because in the back room, Satan's going, Woo! Hallelujah! He's having a time at your expense and your loss. And more than that, when you do that, you're showing everybody else the rebellion that's in your own heart. Here we find, I'm talking about a kind of worship. You know what he does? Here's what he does. Boy, in the midst of, number one, he's talking, we're talking about our side. How we're going to respond. And I'm going to be honest with you. That's the only thing you can do in a trial. It's how you're going to respond to it. Let me tell you what he, how he responds. 
He falls down in a total dependence on God. He literally comes to the place that he says, I'm going to depend on God. He's hurting. He's honest. Don't miss this. And man, this this might be the, the best part of the whole message. By the way, he ain't the only one that's done that. The Bible says in Daniel 16, and when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house and his windows being opened in the chamber toward Jerusalem. He knelt down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a fourth time. Daniel said, hey, let's put you in the lines. He said, don't care. He said, I'm going to believe God. I want you to know in Acts 16, when, uh, when they got the, the charge to put him in prison, listen. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners Heard them. How you respond in the time of a trial. You cannot change the trial. But you can decide how you're going to respond to it. Now, by the way, that's the only thing you can decide. But not only that. Notice, Job had no control of the trial. His only control was how he would respond. And he never charged God foolishly nor sinned. What's God doing to me? Why'd God do that to me? I I served God like that. I remember visiting the lady. She had come to an altar. And, uh, wow. And he got up and went to the seat. Next week, their son was taken in an accident. And I met with him for two years. God healed her. But God never healed him. At the end of two years, when she was healed, he turned to a bottle. Finally on the river one night, either intentionally or in a drunken stupor, he drowned. The next morning we went over to visit that that lady, and I will never forget this. Went in and we, we tried to console him, trying to hurt him. And she looked at me and she said, Why would I want to serve a God? He took my grandmother, my son. And now my husband, why would I want to serve a God that do that to me? To my knowledge, she's never darkened the doors of the house of God again. I'm telling you this morning, it's how you want to respond when the trial comes. It's the only thing you can control. God done something else here. And I've never seen this. Boy, if it helps you as much as he helped me. Job was hurting. He really was. He was honest. You know what helped 99% of us here this morning? You know how we could turn the world upside down? Is for us to get honest about our own hearts. Ourselves. See, some of you are trying to make somebody else do right. And you ain't doing right yourself. We got to, it starts with us. Job was humbled. And the Bible says... 
He took him a potsherd, a piece of broken pottery. The Bible says to scrape himself with all. And he sat down among the ashes. I got to thinking about that. Where's them ashes come from? The only place that those ashes could come from was in chapter number 1. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sinned and sacrificed them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings upon the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. We find here that Job goes back to that place where he's offered sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. Job looks around. He's looking for a lamb to put on the ash heap. But they've all been stolen away. He's looking for an oxen to put on the ash heap. But they've all been stolen away. He's looking for anything to put on the ash heap. But they've all been stolen away. So what he does, he climbs up on that ash sheep. He gets up there. That broken piece in his hand was a symbol. God, everything in my life is broken. A wealth, a wife. You heard her, didn't you, God? She said, Won't you curse God and die? My health, my home. And God, everything in my life is broken. And God, I don't have anything else to sacrifice. So God, I'll sacrifice myself. The greatest moment in the life of this man was right there. I've read this thousands of times. And I've always thought this was a contest with God and Satan. But it wasn't a contest between God and Satan at all. This was God saying, I'm going to take a great man and I'm going to make him greater and I'm going to use that stupid Satan to understand he's going to help me do it. He didn't even know he's going to do it. But I got to do something. I got to get him down. We ain't got nothing. Nothing to trust in. He ain't got a thing. 
I'm going to put that broken potsherd in his hand to remind him everything's broken. See, like the woman that came and walked in and her hair long and she stoops at the foot of Jesus and that crowd around there and that bunch of, bunch of sin, if he knew who she was, he wouldn't allow that. She comes in, she breaks that box. That broken symbol, that broken box was a symbol that everything, God, everything's broken. And poured it out to her. Took her, her tears and washed his feet and wiped them. And God says, you leave her alone. Shut your mouth. Leave her alone. Because what she's done, she's broke all her brokenness and said, God, I'm going to do something great. You see, Job was humbled. I need help, some of you. I don't want God to humble me to get me right. But I got a feeling some God's going to have to humble some of you to get you right. He don't want to. It's not the way He wants to do it. He wants us to humble ourselves. The Bible says we would humble ourselves. We would judge ourselves. He would not to do so. But don't you kid yourself. He's a master at humbling you in a heartbeat. He can take everything that you have and put you on an ash heap sitting scraping yourself. You get a little bit of relief. And the symbol that everything in my life's broken. There is our side. How we respond. How we respond. Well, I want you to know, in his trial, he said, Naked came out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Why don't you curse God and die? She said, don't, don't boo her out, by the way. She buried ten babies too. I believe the old man looked at her and said, said, I probably need to, but I'll tell you this much. If I die, I'm going to die believing God. I'm going to die believing God. There's our side, how we respond. There is the other side, the side of ridicule. I want you to know the other side will always be there. The Bible tells us there come a day that Eliphaz, Timnite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Nephathite, all came to see Job. When you face a trial, you might as well get used to it. You're going to be open to the opinions of others. I'm almost hesitant to say this, but it needs to be said. 
long as our church is being here, there'll be people to come and there'll be people to go. Wish there wasn't that way. I think if they had a hyper brain, they'd be, everybody would be here in Caldwell County. That's what I think, amen. But the truth of the matter is, there's always going to be people to come and always going to be people to go. There's always going to be a crowd of others that's wanting to know, why, 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 why? Always the others in opinion and ridicule. Now notice these fellers. They come with good intentions. They sit for seven days and they stare at him. They got good intentions. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't have handled that. For seven days, somebody's standing standing at me. After a day or two, I'd say, Hey, stupid, what are you doing here? Hey, man, what are you looking at? Don't you see I'm dying here? What are you doing staring at me for seven days? They had good intentions. But I want you to listen to me now, and I'm going to help some of you. Good intentions quickly turn to interpretation. Who's got the phone? Amen. Praise God, I've got your, not mine. <laughs> it moves to interpretation. Well, let me tell you what happened to Job. I tell you what's wrong with him. Bless God, he's sinning. He's sinning. I know he's sinning. And his wife's sinning and his youngest sinning. All crowds sinning. Ain't nobody going to, God ain't going to judge nobody. Bless God, don't sin like that. I tell you what's true. If you just ask me, I tell you all the answer. He's sinning. Comes to interpretation. Then they quickly move to interrogation. What what have you done, Job? Hey, hey, dude, what'd you do? Hey, hey, Job, you tell us what'd you do? Hey, Job, you tell us what'd you do? You know why they move from good intentions to interpretation to interrogation? Because they don't have the facts. Now I need to serve real good notice. Hallelujah. Well, if it's, if this messes up the devil and everybody, I want you to know, Job, why? And Job would say, I don't know why. Cause God didn't tell him. Nowhere does God tell him the why. Solid Rock Baptist Church. I, if you'll get this, you'll shut up asking the why. Ten out of ten people leave our church. Nine of them never tell me why. Why do they pray? Why? And they'll interrogate you. I don't know. I don't, because I don't have all the facts. Isn't it amazing? I, I, it's just good. It's going, it's, if Brother Schreiber was here, he'd say, you're a meddling preacher. I know he would. But listen, if you don't have the facts and you ain't got the backbone to get the facts, shut up! 
Know what they did. Good intentions. Turn to interpretation. And I must confess here, I've turned you down through the years. I've been a master at this crowd. I've been a master at it myself. One day, bless God, what happened? One day, what happened? Boy, God helped me the other night just to shut my flap. If I don't have facts while they left, I don't believe I've had but one man to give me an honest answer. He was a shacking up with an old gal. And I went and visited him. I said, man, we'd love to have you come. He said, I ain't coming down there. He said, I said, well, why? He said, because men and so-and-sos are living together. And I ain't messing with God. You and I both know that's sin. That's wrong. I ain't going down there messing with God. God's a meeting around there. I ain't going down there messing with God. And I looked at him. I said, if you ever get right, we'd love to have you. Amen. I want you to know that our side and the other side, side of ridicule. And don't you love this? And this is what, this is what Job said about them. Job answered and said, listen to what Job said. I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Oh, ain't that sad. Miserable comforters are ye all. Isn't it amazing? In the midst of your trial, you don't need that junk. What you mean in the midst of a trial? You need somebody to come by and say, listen, brother, I don't understand what I was going on with you, but I'm praying for you. I want to help you. I want to strengthen you. I want to ask you a question. When you are the others, are you an encourager? Or are you one of the others? Do you encourage somebody? Boy, Miss Linda told me Wednesday night, the greatest testimony our church can have. This is the greatest testimony our church can have. She met me at the front of the church. She's crying. And I said, how's it going? She said, well, we're doing a little better. And she looked at me and she said, Preacher, I just so love our church family. She said, if I didn't have my church family, I wouldn't have anybody right now. I'm going to tell you, she's just a crying. She's a praising God for those that's come by and, and saw her. She named every one of them and people that's called and sent a card. And I'm going to tell you what's the truth. That's meant something to her. It's added to her. They've, they've comforted her. Job said, what miserable comforters are y'all? So we find there's our side. There's the other side. There's opposition side. Don't miss this. Satan wants to come to accuse he, and by the way, he does the same thing today. He's an accuser of the brethren. He'll curse you, God. I know he'll curse you. God said, no, he won't. No, he won't. I wonder if saints come by and say, yeah, you see a little trial. They'll quit. They'll quit. They'll quit singing in the choir. They'll quit Sunday school. They'll quit church. They'll quit where you put them, God. And God says, no, I, I don't think they will. Satan says, oh, I think he will. He's an accuser. He lies on us. 
You know what the devil's a master at? devil's master at getting you so focused. I preached just like Sunday on someone else that you begin, the devil starts telling you, and all you see is everything they do wrong. You never see what they do right. Ain't that a shame? Opposition, rectified. And he come back again and again. He lied a second time. He's a liar every time. Not only that, he afflicts. He afflicted. God, now, I know God allowed him to do so. And God put a hedge there. And God said, you're not going any further. God put a gauge on him. But I'm going to tell you something. He afflicts and he hurts. That's opposition side. But then there's one more side. And this is the side. It's the greatest side. There's omnipotent side. The reward side. Why did God allow this to happen? Hundreds and thousands of years people have debated that question. I don't know that I know the answer this morning. I can only tell you this much. God took a strong Christian and strong faith and made it stronger. In Job chapter 42, and this is the only inkling we have of God's power. And Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and no thing can be withholding from thee. Who is he that hath counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered that I understand not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of, my, of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. You know what's happening? He saw God's greatness in a way he never saw before. He, when he saw God's greatness, listen to what he said. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ash. You see yourself the way God really is. When you see him, you will see yourself and you will repent almost immediately. Don't miss this. When God got done with Job, he goes to Bildad, Zophar, and the other dude. And he said, hey, boys, the others, you lied on the man of God. I wasn't pleased with what you'd done whatsoever. And you better go be seeing Job because if he don't pray for you, I'm going to give you a dose of what he's got. You better be going hunting Job. You better be asking him to pray for you. Wow. What did he do for Satan? Send him on his way. Satan lost that day. What did he do for Job? He said, okay, Job. That first ten kids you got in heaven, they were somewhat ugly, but the second ten is going to be the most beautiful people you've ever seen in your life. Read your Bible. It's what it says. His daughters was the beauty of everybody around. And Job said, he said, I'm, he said the first ten was ugly kids, but the second ten is going to be beautiful. He said, Job, camels, I just doubled you number. Them donkeys, just doubled them. Hey, Job, you wealth, I just doubled it. Here's what you got to understand. Someone say, man, Job, you're wealthy. And Job would say, yeah. And then he would turn and weep. And 
And I believe Job would do what Abraham did. He offered when he offered, in his mind and heart, he crawled back over on that old high sheep and said, No, no. I got my ten kids, ten in heaven, ten on earth. I got double sheep, double lambs, double oxen, double camels. Yeah, but you got to understand something. This morning, all I got's God. And that's all I need. I don't believe Job ever got away from being on the ash heap and humbling himself and said, All I've got's God. No matter what else God blessed him with, it never did have the luster. Because you see, if you have God, you have it all. It's all stand to feet, every head bowed, never eye closed. Would you allow God to speak to you this morning?